here. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to talk and share a little bit today. As Debbie said, uh, summer is here, or is ending, right? And it's kind of, uh, kind of sad for me. Things went by really quick. I know for you, we're probably very busy as well over the summer. I know probably some of you stay-at-home parents are finally like a little excited, right? Kids are going off to school. They can, you can have your, your own time nowadays, but the kids are kind of a little sad as well. But over the summer, I actually, I work with teens a lot, and I got to do some amazing things. I actually went on two kind of missions trips over the summer. One of them was to Spain. I know, someone has to go there, so I guess I will go. And then I also took a group of students to Camp Attitude. So you can see up above me here on the left, that's us coming back from the air, uh, from Spain, from being there for three weeks. So we were definitely, like after that photo, they all fell asleep for the next 12 hours on the plane. But that's Max Kitzmiller. Corey Pagels and Molly Gallagher, and we are the ones that went to Spain. And then you can see on the other side, we got a bunch of people there. Nick and Colin, they're in the red shirts. They were up at Camp Attitude all summer long, um, so that was pretty awesome. And then you have Sarah, Davi, Amy, Gracie, Garrett, and myself. We went up to Camp Attitude a week ago, or for a week, a few, a few weeks ago. And so, um, I am going to share with you a little bit about my experiences and, and what I think we can learn from those times of these teens willing to say, hey, I'll take some time out of my life to go and live for God around this world. And I think that even if you've never been on a mission trip or even been up to Camp Attitude, which isn't that far away, I think we can learn from those experiences and relate them to our lives uh, here in Dallas today. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what God was doing through our lives in these places, and then also just what God taught me over this summer about having these different experiences. And so the first one, what did God do through us while in Spain and Camp Attitude? Oh, by the way, there's going to be a lot of pictures that go up. I'm not going to talk about them, but if they're funny, you can laugh. Or if you're just laughing at me, that's fine too. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of photos that, that flip up there of us in Spain and us at Camp Attitude over, um, while I'm speaking. So, But one of the big aspects of both our time in Spain and at Camp Attitude was all about investing in others. Right? We took time out of our weeks to invest in others. And it seems really simple. Right? Like anyone can invest time in others. And I think that's exactly the point. There's this verse, right? The great commandment, Matthew 22. There's these smart people are hanging out with Jesus. And one guy kind of probably like in the back of the crowd was like kind of yelled out to him, I'm guessing. This is my version of the Bible. He's like, hey, Jesus, what's the best commandment, huh? You know, and he's like, you know, everyone's like, ha, we got him now. And then he probably like just kind of slowly turns around and speaks with a calm dark, deep voice. He's like, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then I think the crowd kind of goes like, oh man, he did good, right? I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's my version. So you can read it how you want. Okay. So, but Jesus, what's awesome is he makes it super simple. He says, these are the commands, love God and love others. Right? I have a t-shirt that says this. I have it up in the youth room. I have it on my emails. as love God and love others. And that's what it's all about. 
And yet, sometimes we make it so difficult. Sometimes we get too busy in life. Sometimes we get too many things going on or distracted. Or our neighbors aren't that nice, right? They never... They never cut their tree down or something, you know, and we're like kind of mad at them now. They parked on my side of the lot or something, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, man, all we're called to do is love God and love others. And when I look at Jesus, his life is all about hanging out with other people, right? He's all about hanging out with the homeless and the sick and the down and out, but he also hangs out with the poor I mean, the rich and the wealthy and the powerful and like the religious leaders. Jesus is always looking out to others and spending time with them. So it seems obvious that we are called to love others, to love our neighbor as ourselves. While in Spain, we spent two weeks there um, doing a an English camp, and then VBS. And in Spain, it's, the population is the size of California and Oregon put together. And the Christian population is less than 5%. So they don't really have a relationship with Jesus. Now, 98, I think it's like 98 or something percent, or some massive percent, is, um, is Roman Catholic. But it's most of the time, it's like I was baptized as a Catholic as a baby, and that's it. And so a lot of these people in Spain, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And so the first week we do this English camp where we're teaching kids. We had probably 30 to 40 kids come to English camp because they want to learn English to help better themselves in life or their parents want them to. And to learn from Americans is the best way because we sound the best. I don't know, but I'd agree. Okay, and so we have this English camp. And we just get to know them, get to talk with them, hang out with them, get to know their parents, talk with their parents as much as we can because they are speaking in Spanish all the time. But then after that, they've started inviting the kids back to a VBS for the second week. And so at this VBS, we do everything in English except the Bible study. We do it in Spanish. And I have no clue what they were talking about because I have no clue any Spanish. I only know how to ask where the bathroom is. Very important. Um, and so what, would, what we would do, though, is still just connect with these families, connect with these people, and sh- invest in their lives and share God's love to them. And at the end of those two weeks of spending time with these kids, I think about them all the time. Uh, you probably saw me, and you'll see a bunch of me, me taking photos with kids. And it's like, I'll never forget my experiences with these guys. And being there for just two weeks how much of an impact we can have on each other's lives. And what was crazy, at the end of these two weeks, we had two families come to church on that following Sunday. And now you might be thinking, like, two families, that's not that great. Well, you got to remember that this is a place where it's not normal for people to go into a church. They told me, um, some of the missionaries that we were working alongside with said, it would be like, like, like me just walking into, like, a cult meeting. Like, we don't do that. You don't hear about that happening. But that's what it's like for someone to walk off the streets into a church. It's radically different. And so for us to see God working in, through us, into the lives of these families, to have two families come, that was amazing. Because that was the first time they had ever had a family come back to their church after 
their English camp in BBS, right? So that was amazing. Just, uh, yeah, that's like all God. All I did was just play and have fun with kids, right? Like God was working in these families' hearts. And that was amazing that all we had to do is invest in people's lives. And same with Camp Attitude. If you've been to Camp Attitude, um, you go up there for a whole week, and these teens become buddies with these people, these kids that have special needs, right? And they, so the teens say for a whole week, I'm not going to follow my own ways. I'm not going to do what I want. I'm totally going to look to this other kid, and I'm going to do whatever you want, right? If you want to be pushed on the swings for four hours, I'm going to push you on the swings for four hours, right? Whatever it is. And, and so these campers, they literally have the best time of their lives at this camp. And our, our teens that go are changed every year because of their time spent with these other students, investing in others. One of our students was spending time with his camper, and they realized the camper lives in Salem. He lives here in Dallas. And, he, and the camper was so excited because he said, you're going to be my first friend outside of camp. Like, this will be the time, like, because we live close to each other, we're going to be able to hang out outside of camp. And they talk and call each other on the phone. They talk a lot about clocks. That's what they like to talk about, so that's what they do. But it's amazing to see that just a week of saying, I'm going to look towards you, I'm going to invest in you, radically changes both parties, both sides. There's this quote by this guy named Brett McCracken. And uh, this is a great book. If you like to read books, it's un- it says, it's, the book's called Uncomfortable, and it says this. If the church is to thrive in the 21st century, she must recover the jarring and profound paradoxes of what Christ calls her to embody. A kingdom where last is first, giving is receiving, dying is living, losing is finding, least is greatest, poor is rich, weakness is strength, and serving is ruling. You can see how that's uh, flipping everything that we think in our society today. Me first, but in God's kingdom, it's others first. And that's what it was all about. It's amazing for me to think about this. I read a lot of books on teenagers. And I just finished reading this book where they did this study. And they asked parents and teens They gave them a list of 40 concerns, and they said, what's your top concern? For the parents, they said, my top concern for my teen is drugs, alcohol, and who they hang out with. You're like, yeah, those sounds like great things. When they asked the teens, their top concern, spending more time with their parents. Everything I see in in, in society, in the books that I read that people are smarter than me, they say, man, we need to invest more in our students and our kids. And spending time with them, like investing in them, not just driving them to practice. And so I think that this is really awesome. There's another guy. I'm going to put another quote because Henry Nouwen is a great guy. And you can read books on him. He's saying, right before he says this quote, he's talking about, I just want to do something significant. I want to do something big. I want to have a big purpose in my life. But then he goes on to say this. But I wonder more and more if the first thing should be to know people by name to eat and drink with them, to listen to their stories, and to tell your own, and to let them know your words, uh, with words, handshakes and hugs, that you don't simply like them, but you truly love them. 
invest in others. That was just one thing that I see from our time in Spain and our time at Camp Attitude. It is a game changer when we're willing to invest in others. So what is God teaching me through this summer and through these experiences is that I'm called to put myself into challenging situations for Jesus. And what I mean by that is people who go on mission trips or go up to Camp Attitude, they're willingly taking time out of the familiar and putting themselves into a challenging situation for God, right? There's, there's something exciting yet really scary about getting away from your comfort zone, right? From your, your morning coffee to the internet at your fingertips to knowing what the signs say but, uh, because they're all in English and not in Spanish or you're willing to do whatever someone else wants instead of what you want all the time. There's something really good about getting outside of our comfort zones. There'll be another quote that comes up. It says this, we grow most when we are outside of our comfort zones. We are more effective when we are on the edge of risk. We hold beliefs more deep and pursue goals more passionately when they're accompanied at a cost. And so these times when kids are out and going and serving God in these, these faraway places or in these challenging times, they have like, we call it this camp high, where you go away to camp for a week and then you come back and you're super excited. You're like, that was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's kind of like having this, this leap forward in your relationship with God. It's kind of like, I, remind, I think it's like taking in your coffee in the morning, right? It like gets you going, you're excited, right? And you're like, I can, I can do my work today, right? It's just because of that coffee, right? You have this jump forward. And that's what happens with our students when they're taking this risk and they're living for God and they're on mission for what God has in these challenging situations. But then also, like it kind of starts to fade away, right? Kind of around like three o'clock, my office kind of, the sun hits it and I want to take a nap, right? Or as I tell the students up there, long prayer sessions, all right, you know? They're like, I think I saw you sleeping. I was like, no, I was definitely praying, okay? All right? But if you knock on the door, I will get out of my prayer very quickly, okay? So, but, but it's like these times that we go away to camp, we come back. And it's hard to keep those kind of experiences when you're back into the normal rhythm of life, right? It's hard to put yourself out there and take those big risks, or have those experiences, or focus on God as much as you were when you were away. So what God's been teaching me is that I need to be willing to put myself in challenging situations while I'm here at home, right? It's easy to fly to the other side of the world and serve God for a few weeks when I know that I'm not going to have to spend any more time there and come back home to the normal. So it's, for me at least, it's how can I do those kind of things today? For some of us, what are, so what are some of those ways we might challenge ourselves? For some of us, it might be serving. How can I serve the body of Christ? How can I serve the church? There's this guy, Larry Osborne, he said, every Christian is called into ministry. So if you say you're a follower of Christ, you're called in, into ministry, the only question is where are we supposed to serve? 
right? For me, I love to serve. I don't know why. Maybe it was because just who I am or how I was brought up. But if you ask me to come and do something, I'm going to help out. I love helping people out. It's just part of who I am. So it's not a challenge. But maybe for you it is to take time out of your week to look to someone else, to invest in someone else. Maybe that is somewhere that you can challenge yourself and put a little bit more trust in God. For me, it's more about like opening up myself to others, right? To be able to share my vulnerabilities. So like joining a small group is really hard for me because I know there's going to be moments where they're going to ask me like, hey, Aaron, how are you doing? And I'm going to have to like either tell them the truth or kind of like, "Uh, I'm good, you know, let's talk about it next week. And so I know that that's a place where I myself need to step out and trust God that I'm going to be able to share the good and the bad of my life and they're still going to love me. Just as when they share their hard stuff, I'm still going to love them. And so that's a way I know I can step out in faith, trusting in God. There's another story that reminds me in the Bible. It's Matthew 14. Jesus has this big party where he feeds like 5,000 people. There was free food, so everyone was super excited. Then he sends the disciples off across the sea. It was really a lake, all right? They were a little excited back then, all right? So he goes, and they're off, and then all of a sudden, he comes by about 3 a.m., and he's walking on water. This is a normal Jesus day, I guess. And so all of a sudden, the disciples see him, and they're kind of freaked out. They, they're like, what, what is going on? And then Peter says, who sounds like you should invite to every party, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you out on the water. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. Right? Talk about putting some risk or taking some risk, putting yourself out there. God, he's like, Jesus, if you call me, I'm going to come. And he steps out of the boat and he starts walking on water. For the rest of his life, you know, when he's ever hanging out with his disciple friends, he's like, hey, guys, yeah, remember that time we got that free food and uh, I walked on water? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, oh, what were you guys doing? Oh, you guys were in the boat because you were scared. I was on top of the water with Jesus. It was really awesome, right? Like, that's the coolest thing ever because he's willing to take a risk, And even though Peter, he took that steps, he took a few steps on the water, and then he looks around and he gets super freaked out, and he starts to sink, Jesus is right there, grabs him by the hand, and pulls him up. So even if we are taking risks for God, Jesus, even if we are to fail or screw up or mess up, Jesus is right there to grab us by the hand and pull us out. And so why are we not taking big risks Jesus. How encouraging is that for us? That even if we fail, God is there for us. So this is what God's been teaching me this summer. How can Aaron, how can I take steps to actually put my trust in God as I live here in Dallas? Coming to church on a Sunday and reading my Bible throughout the week, I don't have to put a lot of trust into God. It's when I try to talk with my neighbor or when I hang out with my friends. That's when I got to trust God that he's going to be there with me in those situations. One more uh, quote says this. God invites us into what he is doing to redeem and restore all things. We don't just say a prayer and try to avoid doing bad stuff. 
We get to join God in what he is doing here on earth. That, for me, is amazing and exciting. That God wants me here in Dallas to join with him to restore and redeem all things. And so, my last little thing is, what, how can this happen for us? How can we challenge ourselves? The first one is, maybe start really simple. Maybe it's just finding someone here today that you've never met and shake their hands and say, hey, I'm Aaron, how, how long have you been coming to faith? Right? Don't ask, hey, are you new here? Because they're going to respond with like, I've been here for 40 years. And you're like, wow, I'm an idiot. Okay? So just say, hey, it's happened. Okay? Experience. Right? All right. All right. And if you don't know their name, just say like, I don't know your name. You're like, I've been sitting in front of you for years. And you're like, I still, okay? But just wait, go up. Hey, I'm Aaron. How long have you been coming to faith? Okay? Maybe that's it. Maybe if that's too scary, you're going to head home after this. Right? And you know exactly how to get home, the fastest way, so you don't hit traffic. Take a different route. You know, go a little different way. It's a little challenging. You'll hit one extra stop sign in all of Dallas, right? It's okay, right? I mean, you know. Or maybe if you're going out to eat lunch, go to a different place, right? You'll see, ah, it wasn't that bad. It was a little challenge. They didn't have exactly what I liked, but I'm still okay with it. And then we can start looking and seeing who are the people in my life, who, are there, who is there around me that I can start to invest in? What are ways that I can actually put trust in God? What are ways I can actually step out in faith? It seems so simple, and I think it is because that's what God wants for us. He's like, man, this is what it is. Step out in faith. I'm going to be there. Invest in others. It's going to be the best. So today, we're actually going to take Lord's Supper together. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we eat of the bread and drink of the, of the juice, we are uh, remembering what Jesus did for us, right? That he died on the cross and saved us, saved us of our sins so that we are in a right relationship with God. But it also unites us with all believers around the world. And it's saying, I care for you guys and I'm here and I'm invested in what is happening and so this is very radical when we take of this cup and and of the bread we are saying God I'm putting you first above everything else my ways my desires my needs are second to you and that is something very challenging for our society today to say anything else other than me and so uh, the band's going to come back up here. We're going to sing a couple of songs, so you don't need to rush through this. Take some time. Reflect on your life. Reflect on what God has done for us. And what will happen then is you'll be able to come uh, at any time. There's two tables up front and two in the back, and you can just take these on your own when you feel ready and led to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and your care. I thank you for these teens who are willing to step out in faith and trusting you to live for you around this world, even though it can be very scary. And I pray that we as Faith Church here in Dallas can boldly live for you through investing in others, taking our time out of our days to look towards you 
into how we can love others. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for what you're doing through this church. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done on the cross that we are made whole because of what you did. In your holy and precious name, amen.